All right, you guys. Um, I just want to say we hear you. Okay. Uh, the news that rocked the nation last week continues to shock and awe all of us to our very course. It's the return of the high C orange drink at McDonald's. Uh, apparently people heard the podcast last week and they went to McDonald's to get the drink and their local McDonald's did not yet have it. But I do know that it's available here in Los Angeles. So I have summoned the great Dr. John Paul Higgins, our subject matter expert in the area of the high C orange drink. And I also pulled up something from the website. So here we go. Ready? From the McDonald's website. We know fans of high C orange lava burst, also known as high C orange, have been craving the iconic beverage since it rolled off national menus in 2017. To those of you who have passionately asked us to bring it back over the years, we're excited to say we see you. See in quotes, get it? So your tweets, DMs, and petitions asking for its return gave our social media community manager a lot of content to choose from. And I think we all know who led those tweets and those petitions. It was our very own Dr. John Paul Higgins. Correct. High C Orange Lava Burst will begin rolling out in select locations this month and will be in participating restaurants across the country by June. Dr. John, do you have anything to say on this hot topic? It really has been an uproar this week in my DMs. So this is the thing. If people were really serious about really wanting that drink, they would Google and know that there is an actual website called mcfinder.com that will tell you which locations actually has them before you go. I called three McDonald's before I actually went through the drive-thru, found the website, and then went to the website and saw that there were 20 locations that were in my area where I could actually go. So with that being said, um, I, I don't want to come across as being mean-spirited or, um, but if you truly are about that high sea orange life, you would do the work to get it. That's all I have to say on that. Amen, Dr. John Paul. Dr. John Paul, it yes. is the high sea orange lava burst the same as the high C orange drink as it once was. Why did they or why did they add lava burst to it? You know, so this is the thing I keep telling people that McDonald's has a special formula for theirs. Mm -hmm. It is different. And if people keep trying to because I fear you can go to Jack in the Box and get it or you can go to no, you cannot. The <laughs> one at McDonald's is different than all of the other variations of other locations who have high C. So McDonald's is the only place you need to be going to get it. Specifically with a number seven. I'm about that filet fish life. That is the best paired combo for that drink. All right. Well, I think that we can finally put a little closure on the topic of the high C orange. It's been very controversial this week. Dr. John, how many high C oranges did you get this week? So because of my schedule, I have not been able to. The closest one to me is about 15 miles. So I have had a very, very, very hectic schedule this week and I've not been able to get in my car to get there to actually get it. However, 
It will be happening this week. It will be happening this week. Wait a minute, Christine. Did you just see after all of the buildup for the last two weeks, <laughs> Dr. John didn't even get an icy orange drink this week? I mean, and his work is done here. He did the work. I mean, he really can enjoy a nice leisurely stroll to get it. You know, exactly. there's no rush. Yes. Yeah. You know it's there. Yeah. Exactly. I did the work to get that back. Yeah. <laughs> That's like what Elliot Ness said uh, when somebody asked him what they'll do if uh, prohibition is repealed. He said, I think I'll have a drink. There you have it. I don't understand what that means in regards to this high C orange drink, but I will say this. When Krispy Kreme Donuts changed the glazed cream filled recipe and they said, we're putting out a new version of the glazed cream filled. I did go that morning <laughs> and wait in line for the new version of it. Maybe I'm just a lunatic when it comes to food. Like all week I thought about the icy orange and they don't have it here in Palm Springs. It's not here yet. So I was like, oh my God. And I literally couldn't stop thinking of it. It was like, like I had been scorned by a lover or something. The day it comes out here, I will go get it. Same. I might be incensed. I might have a problem. I don't know. All right, you guys. Well, uh, I think we've gotten to the end of that. Let's have a show, shall we? Truth be told, I always wanted to host The View, but I don't exactly meet the lady requirement. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my friends together, and we're going to start a podcast. Hello. I am Jim Lanahan, and these are my friends. Ready? Let's go. All right, you guys, welcome to episode number 51 of the Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast. Let's quickly look around the room. I see Christine Sinecor. You don't see me because I'm going to get a high C drink. <laughs> Dr. John Paul Higgins. Hello. Scott Sheldon. Hello. And producer Stephanie Laffin. Hi. I really have no idea what Elliot Ness means. What are you what are you saying, Scott? I was just comparing it, you know, that John fought so hard to get the high C drink back. But since it's back, he hasn't had one. Mm. And the alteration is when Elliot Ness was fighting so hard against Prohibition. When Prohibition was lifted, he said, I think I'll have a drink. It's kind of like an ironic. You're going to get that goddamn circus music again. Yeah. It would be like if Dr. John Paul posted something really horribly, inappropriately racist, right? Or... You know, like, because of the work he does. And we'd all be like, what's happened? This doesn't make sense. I'm going to, um, here we go. For Marvel superhero geeks like me, it's Bizarro Superman. So there's Superman and there's Bizarro Superman, who's the opposite of Superman. He's evil. There's DJP and there's Bizarro DJP. Okay. okay. It's like your evil twin, you know? Yeah. That's fun. At another episode, we'll all think about who is our evil twin? What's their name and what do they do? <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. Mm. Uh, all right, you guys. Um, listen, let's jump right into the yummy yummy. Yeah, you got the yummy yummy. can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Okay, Stephanie, we are on yummy, yummy number five. What do we got? Hi, so what we've got here is the mini swirl lollipop. To me, it looks just like a 
fabulous carnival treat. Now, this is a mini lollipop on a plastic pole, tube, holder, right? Stick. And my wrapper said it was kiwi flavored. A kiwi flavored sucker. Which was also the grinder name of the guy I hooked up with when I was in Australia. Thank you. Um, Mine doesn't say that. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine doesn't say kiwi either, so I don't mine know. Mine doesn't. Mine just says sugar pop. Yeah. Mine says mini swirl. No, oh, wait, you guys, you guys, wait, wait, look at the way my wrapper is wrapped. It's like, it looks like it says kiwi because that's folded on itself. It literally says, now that I'm pulling it straight, it says mini swirl. Okay. Okay. So there is no flavor of kiwi here. This is like, if you got one of the giant ones, is that what, is that the thing? Like, yes. on the good shit, lollipop, right? Like mm-hmm. where she's got the giant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It just tastes like straight sugar to me. Mm-hmm. Lollipop. Let me put his away. Mm-hmm. Oh, I threw mine away. I'm done. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, that's that went right in the garbage. <laughs> Uh, to Stephanie's point, it tasted like straight sugar. There was no flavor. Like I couldn't discern a flavor to it. Straight up sugar. And it also had that consistency that I was worried about my dental work. If you keep sucking on it, maybe the flavor comes out. That's what I That's what everybody says. Mm-hmm. Christine, any thoughts on the mini swirl super sugar non-kiwi sucker? Um, I love the color of it. Yeah, it's pretty. Like, I like I like that I can see there's like texture in it, like how it was made. I mm-hmm. enjoy that. But yeah, otherwise it, it just tastes like a lot like a like you would imagine a sugar lollipop tasting. So. DJP. Um, are we giving our numbers right now? You can be the first to give a review into a Rating, uh, so DJP, on a scale of 0 to 10 iced coffees, 0 being the worst thing you've ever had in your mouth, including your ex who voted for Trump, 10 being absolutely delicious, give us a review and rating of the Mini Swirl Sucker. So I, you all know I love sugar. So this is right up my alley because I'm I'm definitely that girl who loves sugar. However, it's just I can't because I can't I can't decipher what the flavor is. It's making it hard for me to enjoy it. Um, also seeing Scott do what he's doing with it is is making me enjoy it more. So I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and give this a, a probably a five point five. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. Okay, locking in Dr. John Paul Higgins on 5.5 iced coffees. Christine Sinecore. Initially, I was going to give it a four, but I feel like the more I suck on it, it, it the more it has a little bit of flavor. I don't know <laughs> if just the inside of my mouth is now just like I can taste it or something. I don't know, but I'm going to give it a five. 
It's wow, Christine Sinecourt yeah. giving a five iced coffees, which I have to remind everybody, Christine always judges lower than the rest of us. So that's an interesting turn of events. Scott Sheldon, who has been deep-throating his lollipop and moving it in and out of his mouth suggestively. Well, as you know, Jimmy, I'm all about the swirl. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... And I think it is getting tastier as I move it back and forth in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a uh, 6.5. Okay. Scott Sheldon locking in on a 6.5. Jim Lanahan's giving it a flat 1.86. Did you even put it in your mouth, Timmy, or did you just open it up and throw it out? Listen, don't you worry about what Jim Lanahan did with it, okay? I unwrapped it early because I saw all that wrapping, and I thought to myself, holy crap, this is going to be a disaster. So I had it in my mouth early. I moved it around my mouth. I tasted it. It was just kind of a non-flavor, sugary, sweet situation, you know? And I heard my endocrinologist saying, (laughs) Oh, Jim, I thought you wanted to be perfect. That lollipop, it provides nothing but sweetness, Jim. I thought my Jim was sweet enough without that sugar. So I... Put it in the garbage. You guys, that is a grand total of 13.46. Average score of 3.37 iced coffees. <laughs> well, Stephanie, you've not done it again. This one was not successful, but they're not all winners. So, you know, no worries there. Um I, I will do all the talking, though, because even though you all hated it, it you cannot stop shoving it. Scott is repeatedly slapping the lollipop on his mouth. And Scott, you literally look like an Adam Russo porn movie going back a few weeks. Well, well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but there is an unexpected food having a moment And the food item is called Taylor Ham. T-A-Y-L-O-R. Listen, I've never even heard of Taylor Ham. And I lived in New York a long time, and apparently my New Jersey friends Mm -hmm. know what Taylor Ham is. But I had never even heard of it, and I lived in New York City for, you know, all those years. Uh, I've heard it mentioned on podcasts. I've heard it in TV shows this week. I heard it on two separate TV shows this week. And I was like, why is everybody obsessed all of a sudden with Taylor Ham? So I thought we would talk about Taylor Ham with an expert who loves Taylor Ham. Our friend Kyle Luker is joining us. He is a friend of the podcast. He lives in New York City. He's a manager and a producer. And as I said, he lives in NYC with his husband, Chef Ash Folk. Kyle is a former skiing champion from New Jersey. I had no idea, Kyle. That's amazing. And one thing, one sport. (laughs) (laughs) And Kyle is a fan of martinis, the Broadway, and get a load of this, Taylor Ham. And his favorite West Wing character is CJ, so that makes him instant good people. Everybody welcome Kyle Luker. Yay! Welcome. 
Kyle, thanks for joining us. I was just telling the friends that Taylor Ham seems to be having a moment. I have heard it on the radio, on podcasts, on TV, and it's like, why is Taylor Ham all of a sudden popular in pop culture? Because it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> because the good people of New Jersey have been eating it forever and keeping it their own special secret. I'm going to tell everybody what Taylor Ham is because I'm from <laughs> Albany, New York. Okay, so I know Taylor Ham is really popular in New Jersey, but here's the thing. I'm from two and a half hours north of New Jersey. I have never heard of Taylor Ham. So let me tell everybody what it is. According to the Googles, Taylor Ham is a pork roll, pork based processed meat product, commonly available in Jersey, Delaware, and parts of New York. It was developed in 1856 by John Taylor of Hamilton Square, New Jersey and sold as Taylor's Prepared Ham. Unlike Spam, Taylor Ham requires refrigeration because it is not processed in the same way, meaning it's probably not um, pasteurized the way those meats are that can live in a can forever. So tell us a little bit, Kyle, about your love of Taylor Ham. When did you first have it? Did you grow up eating it? What do you eat it with now? So yes, in New Jersey, you grow up eating Taylor ham. It is it is the breakfast food of champions. Um, you <laughs> normally have a um, Taylor ham egg and cheese um, on a roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of the standard. And then S, like SPK is what the you're like Taylor ham egg and cheese SPK, which means salt, pepper, ketchup. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the standard. Uh, you can have it on everything bagel. I'm gross. And like mine on a salt bagel because there's there's not enough sodium in the Taylor Ham for me, <laughs> so I like to add a salt bagel to it. Um, and it's pretty much like the thing like you know your mom will make it, wrap it up in foil, and you like eat it on the bus on the way to school. Like it's and it's it's round. I have I I have a, I have one here with me. You can't. <gasps> it, but I have one. Oh here my god. <laughs> um, plucked it right um, out of my fridge. I noticed it's expired on the back, but that's not going to deter me. Um, okay. and you kind of have to, <laughs> when you cook it, you have to score it. Like, you know, you, you cut little sides, like, like you do a hot dog because otherwise it bubbles up. But one of the things I discovered growing up, my mom always fried it and, you know, you throw the cheese on it, you throw the egg on it, you throw it on the bagel or the roll. But my husband is obsessed with this one place in New Jersey where they grill it. So you get like the grill marks on it and it has like a little bit of like that, real barbecue-y taste and it really changes the whole dynamic of it um but the what i heard growing up was that it was originally called taylor ham and then it didn't meet the standards of ham because it's not because it's so processed it's not ham Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they changed it to taylor pork roll and if you go over like into the philly area of pennsylvania like all there they call it pork roll and it's basically the same product it's not just not the brand name but in like that area, they put mustard on it. Where in New Jersey, that would just be a nightmare. Like you put ketchup yeah. on it. But I get where they're coming from because it's very hot dog like, and you know, hot dog ketchup mustard either way. Mm-hmm. And it looks like from the package you just showed us, it's round. Uh, and is it sliced like a bologna? Is so that how it one, comes? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it out of the box for you. Um, this one is the four slice box. It's cut pretty thick, 
you probably want one to two for your sandwich. So you're only going to get two sandwiches out of this box. Mm -hmm. But it also comes in, this is going to sound really gross. It comes in a, um, like a loaf, like a, in a burlap sack. Mm -hmm. I, 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 it's it's known in New Jersey as the baby like you're like oh I got a baby today and that means you got a giant Taylor ham that you're gonna slice at home and you have to pull back the burlap sack I mean there's definitely some um there's some moments that you have with it while you're cooking it you know I had a thick cut boyfriend when I lived in New York and I had to pull back his sack so I I hear you you know it's worth the work Kyle I'm so glad you were willing to go there because I wasn't, but I thought mm-hmm. I could set it up. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It was a softball and I hit it back. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I love it. So now listen, now we're all experts on Taylor Ham, right? They're and love I love it. And and so I wanted Kyle to join us to talk about Kyle, Taylor Ham. I almost called it Kyle Ham. It will forever be known as <laughs> Kyle Luker Ham. Thick cut Luker. My family would be, so <laughs> be so proud. My God, like you just elevate yourself. I mean, and this is talking like serious elevation. <laughs> Uh, I have my own meat product. I mean, your brother is like a decorated war hero. And uh-huh. this, this is bring this you far above that. that. No, yeah. yeah, this far exceeds this. This will be on your um, gravestone. You know, like yeah. here lies Kyle Luker, creator of the thick cut Luker ham. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought we would dig into some other regional food specialties because this got my mind thinking, you guys, about... When I travel for work, and as you know, I produce tours for a living, Broadway tours, other kinds of tours, I'm all over the country. And so I'm constantly hearing my friends from around the country say, oh, you've never tried blah, blah, blah. You have to try blah, blah, blah while you're in town. So I thought we would play, what's your favorite regional food specialty? I'm going to say the name of the regional food, and I'm going to tell you where it's from. And if you know what it is, just kind of jump in. You'll get bonus points if you can correctly identify what the food is. And I'll tell you, Kyle might have a slight advantage because he's married to a professional chef. But I'll, I'll say this. Jim and Christine are professional eaters. We've eaten in a lot of places. So you know what I say? Bring it on, Luker. Bring it! Oh, gosh. Now okay. I'm nervous. First up, you guys, boiled peanuts. Boiled peanuts, a delicacy from North Carolina. Yeah, you can get those at, like, Yankee Stadium, too. What, what are they? It's just peanuts that's boiled, isn't it? No, those are roasted at Yankee Stadium. The peanuts, roasted peanuts. Oh, so there's like a soft shell and it just kind of opens and the peanuts inside. Mm-hmm. Those are roasted. Oh. Christine, did you have I'm an not, answer? I've not heard of boiled peanuts. No. Okay. Boiled peanuts are a delicacy from North Carolina. They are shelled peanuts that are boiled in a salty water and served in their own sauce. And when I did my Google research, people were eating them out of a small cup with a spoon. And it honestly looked like chunky vomit. Boiled peanuts. Oh, man. I'm going to skip that. Moving on. Sorry, North Carolina. Jimmy, don't you put peanuts in your 
soda or something, isn't there? Scott, we're playing a game. Try not to fuck it up. Thank you. Texas gave us the... Kyle, by the way, welcome to the podcast. Scott ruins everything. (laughs) From Texas, we have cornbread casserole. Cornbread casserole. Is it corn... Is it casserole with cornbread? Ding! You are correct! It is a casserole product made with cornbread Added cheese, whole kernel <laughs> corn, and spiced to your own liking. That's cornbread casserole. Christine Sinecore leading on the leaderboard with one point. By the way, John looks so disgusted by these. We're only two in, and John looks like he's going to vomit. Um, number three, I think this is going to be popular with all of you because you've all lived near large cities that have fairs. Number three is the mozzarella. Oh, oh, yes, oh, yeah. I, can, I can speak to that. That is a, a delicious fare that you can get in most of the New York City street fairs. And it's mm-hmm. essentially like these round, like corn type cakes with mozzarella stuck in there. And you just grill them up and you eat them and they're delicious. Delicious, right? They're so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so that's Stephanie. I hope you're keeping track. It's a two points for Christine and a point for Kyle now. <clears throat> Moving into the Georgia, Texas region. Peanuts and pop. Peanuts and pop. Those I know I don't want it. Scott, Is that what Scott was just talking about? The Scott, would you like to get the point since you already ruined it? I just call it the Lanahan special. By the way, Scott doesn't even know that that's the right answer when he was talking about. Look at him. He looks stifled right now. Scott. I'm confused about the game. I don't know if um, if I'm if I'm supposed to say that I've had it or that I know what it is. You're supposed to say what it is, whether or not you've Ah, had it. Yes, I've seen you drink it, Jimmy. Peanuts and pop. So this is in the South where people take their peanuts and they float peanuts, preferably salted, in Coca-Cola Classic. And it's a salty, sweet delicacy. And I'll tell you where Jim Lanahan first had it. I was a little kid. I was flying to Texas to see my grandparents. And I was flying Delta. And we were between Atlanta and Shreveport, Louisiana, on a prop jet And the stewardess put my peanuts in my soda. And what happened was the peanuts float and then they sink to the bottom and then they catch the carbonation, the bubbles, and they go back up. And she did it. Oh, sorry. I just hit my bell. She did it to entertain me. But really what happened was this little fat kid became obsessed with how delicious (laughs) it was. So that's peanuts and pop. Whenever I eat, you eat the peanuts you As know what's part of so it? funny is I've been doing this since I'm little. Christine's my best friend since I'm five, and she's never actually seen me do it. Yeah, you you suck them out and you eat them. Like during the drink, or is it like after? <laughs> yes. So it's like a cup of soda. Okay. My but by the way, now that I'm um an old fat diabetic, I do a diet soda and a not and an unsalted peanut. So I, I. Fill the cup up about a quarter of the way with unsalted peanuts. And then I pour my Diet Dr. Pepper, or I love a wild cherry Diet Pepsi, on top of that. They float to the top, and then, like, you kind of get a mouthful of soda, you swallow that, and then you chew the peanuts. Kind of like a boba. 
it's kind of like a weird, healthier boba. And I'll tell yeah. you, it's sweet and it has a little bit of a crunch. And if I'm eating healthy, that's often my dessert because it's mm. no sugar. Oh, that is bizarre. Everybody's disgusted. All right. I'm not disgusted. I might try it later. It just sounds depressing. Depressing. I'm going to give Scott a, by the way, my diabetes is depressing. I'm going, (laughs) Stephanie, let's give Scott a sympathy point on that because he did get it earlier on. All right. uh, Next up from the great state of Pennsylvania, Ox Roast. Ox roast. Is that like oxtail? Oxtail, like in a roast form. I like oxtail. So is it like an ox's booty? Ox roast. <laughs> <laughs> ox roast is actually roast beef. Oh. Okay. And they call, oh, okay. they call it ox roast in that part of the country because they used to call their cows oxen there for the longest time. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. The next one is from Illinois. Perhaps Christine will have a slight leg up here. She lived there. Hot chipped beef. Hot chipped beef from no, Illinois. I, I've had chipped beef. Is that in the cream sauce on top of toast? That is correct, Scott Sheldon. Yeah. All right. Where did you have it? Uh, my grand, my father used to make it because... Um, they, it was a very popular meal in the army, mm-hmm. and he and they used to call it. Uh, pardon my French. They used to call it shit on a shingle. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's what that is. Mm-hmm. My that's grandfather right. would always reference that, and I never knew what it was. It was well, very good popular military dish. And if you yeah. make it, you can store it a really long time. That's why it's yeah. popular in the military. That's totally ah, right. Good to know. I love that. All right, Scott Sheldon. Tying Christine Sinecor for the lead. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You're shocked. Everyone's shocked, I know. The next one is a muffaletta. It's basically like there's like Italian meats and it's grilled and there's um all of top Yeah. So that's right. A, Kyle, you win. Kyle, you get a point. <laughs> Great. Yep. It's a I love it. sandwich. They're delicious. One step closer to that car, right? I get a car if I win. <laughs> you uh, get a nice card or a gift from me. I yeah. send the gifts around. You get a, uh, I'll wait by the door. Autographed picture of Billy the Rescue Pup and a <laughs> singing telegram topless <laughs> from Hildy Laffin. It's really oh, popular. Yeah. I'm going to take my Xanax ahead of time. I heard that, yes. <laughs> All right. The next one is popular from Pennsylvania. It's called Pepperoni Ball. Pepperoni ball. I think I know what that is. I don't know what that is. I think is. it's similar to what we used to call a pizza ball, where it's cheese with pepperoni in the center, like with a uh, like breading that's fried. Anyone else want to take a guess? Is it like a ham ball? What's a ham ball? I don't know. It's like something they eat in the Midwest where it's like pieces of ham that are all like shoved together in like a ball with like mayonnaise or something. mayonnaise what this this says that it is a bread based ball filled with chunks of pepperoni deep fried and often dipped in a marinara I feel like Christine should get half a point Christine's pretty on point I think think Christine should get half a point at least did you say a cheese ball I would give it yeah it's like it almost looks like it almost looks like a rice ball except for it you know it's got the the coating on the inside and then it's cheese with a piece of pepperoni 
And All right. Then... Um, next up from New York City. Oh. Damn you, Christine. The rice ball. The rice ball from New York City. <laughs> Arancini. Arancini, I'll let, right? I'll let Kyle answer that one since... Yeah. <laughs> it's, Kyle it's, just said a fried, it's just a fried ball of rice with cheese inside. You guys, I love them so much. They're so delicious. And <laughs> I've not seen a rice ball since I moved to the West Coast. Do they I have made, them here? I make yes. them. I make Let them me tell you something. You can get them at Trader Joe's. But yeah. you can also get them, you know where you can get them? Bay Oh, I bet you Bay Cities has them. But you know who has them? Masa. Masa and Echo Park. They're mm-hmm. delicious. And even Kyle liked the food at Masa. Mm-hmm. I did. They're not that hard to make. I make them here at home for the kids. I barely make cereal, Scott. So <laughs> You have the diet of a teenage boy. I've seen what you eat. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. No, did you, Jim. Oh. Did you know they make Fruit Loops with marshmallows now? Moving on. <laughs> from the midwest it just said midwest so let's assume all the states clumped in the middle a johnny marzetti a johnny marzetti not only my ex-boyfriend but also a food item from the midwest can i take a shot at this yeah I'm, i'm probably wrong but is it spaghetti with chili on top You are a legend, Scott Sheldon. (laughs) (laughs) A Midwestern Italian-American pasta dish consisting of noodles, Mm -hmm. ground beef, tomato sauce, and it may include an aromatic blend of vegetables and mushrooms. Johnny Marzetti. Yeah. How did you know that? Because uh, I I was in Cleveland uh on a layover and they had they had a uh a restaurant there that uh, that's all they served it was like spaghetti with chili on top and i had it. it was absolutely delicious and then they sprinkled uh like shredded cheddar cheese on top of it so mm-hmm. the cheddar cheese melted all over it was- while you were in Cleaver, did you enjoy Cleveland Cleaver. did you <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy a cleveland steamer I did not. <clears throat> no. Does everyone know what that is? Because it's not appropriate for a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can Google that on your own. Or you know what's even better? Stephanie. I, think as, I know. Now I'm freaked out. Stephanie, <laughs> as producer, could you please Google Cleveland Steamer? And then after the commercial, we'll come back to it and you can tell everybody what it is. Yeah, I don't think they had those job. at the airport. Kyle, this is when Stephanie hates me. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, we're about a th- we're about halfway through the list, so let's let's truck through it. New York gave us the Kanish. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. I grew up on those. Is they are they usually are square, but you can also get them round. Uh, it is basically mashed up potato inside of a um, like a a crust essentially. Yeah. And you what's the difference between a square and a round? The square just tastes better because it has the crispy corners. And then you usually heat it up and then eat it with a mustard. I happen to know that at Ben's Deli, my favorite place to get a knish, the square is actually fried and the round is mm-hmm. baked. That's the difference. Really? That's why the square tastes so much better. It's fried, you know, everything's fried. Sometimes it doesn't better. have, it has spinach or broccoli or some kind of vegetable in it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let me tell you this, if you go to the middle of the country, 
where there's not a lot of Jewish folks, people don't know what a Kanish is. They, they have no idea what that is. Look at John. John, did you know what a Kanish was? They're I so thought it bad. was a dessert, honey. <laughs> I've never had them outside of New York City. I mean, I think I yeah. think maybe upstate once, I th- but it was disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So. And in New York, you can buy them on the street corner. Like there's yeah. little booths where you can just... When I was in graduate school, you could buy a four pack of square knishes at Wall Bombs and you could take them home and microwave them. They were delicious with a little mustard. Mm. Mm. Fucking New York City rocks. All right, you guys um, from upstate New York, but central upstate New York specifically, Chicken Riggies. Chicken Riggies. Oh, I, I think I know what they are, but if, then, if anyone else does, I, I'll let them. No idea. Okay. I believe I know what they are. I believe they're sort of like chicken kebabs with like little the little squares of chicken, and it's usually like fried, um, not fried, like on a grill. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Oh. Ooh. I believe that's chicken called a Ricky's. chicken speedy. Isn't that no, a No, I know what you're talking about, but <laughs> oh. this is like from the Rochester area. Chicken riggies is actually a pasta dish. Oh, Riggies okay. refers to the rigatoni, mm-hmm. and it has grilled chicken in a lemon sauce, peppers, onions, tomatoes, and rigatoni. That's chicken Riggies. delicious. Made popular in Utica, New York. Uh-huh. All right, you guys, I think this is an easy one. <clears throat> Available in all the finest diners in the South, Scrapple. Oh, it's something you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the things that are left on the floor of the Hormel factory shoved together into this like gray patty that like, even if it's cooked well, when you cut it open, it sort of oozes out gray and it's it's a pork pro. It's disgusting. It's horrible. And I like to try anything, but Scrapple is the one thing that like, nope, nope, no, no, no. That's right. That's right. Kyle gets the point. It is so gross and you can Mm -hmm. get it at IHOP. Like in Washington, D.C., when I lived there, my friends would get it at IHOP and it was literally gray, Kyle. You are correct. And it's like a fried gray mush. But allegedly it's made of meat. I was like, what? I am out. I mean, even the name of it sounds like it's just... Whatever is left over on the table. Yeah. No, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like this. Ooh, that Chinese isn't agreeing with me. I have to go take a scrapple. Yeah. It's not like Anything corned that beef. Is, is a it no is also me. called a pan rabbit. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, all right. So It's not uh, like corned beef hash. Corned beef hash I love. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm well for that. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, Dr. John Paul gets half a point for yeah. Pan Rabbit. Thank I you. I was going to give that anyways. <laughs> and um, I just want to say that hash is intentional. Scrapple just sounds like residue. Just happens. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Scrapple happens. You know, that's the cool. name of this podcast. Scrapple <laughs> happens. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, here's another one. Um, it's from Cincinnati. Getta. Getta, not only a famous DJ, but yeah, also a food of. from Cincinnati. Getta. Cincinnati Getta. Hmm. Mm. I did it after Scrapple because here's what it is: is ground pork and beef mixed with steel-cut oats and seasonings, formed into a log, sliced and fried, 
It originated in the mm-hmm. over the Rhine neighborhood of Cincinnati, a German neighborhood. So it sounds like a, another form of Scrapple. Sound like sounds good, though. Oh. I'll go for that one. All right. Next up from the great state of Maine, Red Hots. Red are, Hots. Those are hot dogs. Mm-hmm. No, aren't those candies? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a showdown. Is it a hot dog or is it a candy? They are both. <laughs> well, well, Jim, as the producer here, I'd like to say we intended one and got the other. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I think we got to split it. We got to give them. I think they both got a point. And yeah. I, okay. yeah, but the reference specifically was to the hot dogs from Maine. Oh. The red hot dogs from Maine. But um, when I did my research, John, red hots came up more often. So, yes. you know what? Give John two points because also he's behind Stephanie. And <laughs> my name is in the title of the podcast. Give him two. You know what? Give John three points, Stephanie. Hey. Sorry, hey, sorry. Okay. Think of it as reparations. Thank yeah, you. It's Black History Month, Scott. Give Sit me down. All the points for Black History Month. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Uh, here, this is a give. I think. <laughs> Ready? Popular in Maryland. Popular also in Hawaii. Water ice. Oh, I know what that is. It's um the frozen shaved ice with like the ice so when i was in hawaii i got it with ice cream at the bottom so they have ice mm. and they do the water ice and then they do the flavor at the top or you can have the flip where you can have the water shaved ice at the bottom and then you can do the ice cream and then the flavors and all the stuff at the top that's right mm-hmm. and in puerto rico they call it shave ice of course if you yes. ever saw in the heights you know shave ice now the other trick that i learned is you can do it with condensed milk too sweet mm. guppies and irvine get your life it is so good uh-huh i've actually been there with my friend erica and i had yes. the ice cream on the bottom and it was yes, amazing get your life yeah. is good but What's here's what i'm going place with the custard and has the Rita's Rita's. Oh God! I'm going to though be very careful here, you guys. Uh, Italian ice is often already like in a tub, and they scoop it like an That's ice true. cream. That's true. Shave yeah. ice is usually made in front of you by shaving a block of ice, you know, and then they pour the liquid on top of it. So it's mm. a little more like almost like slushy, yeah. whereas Italian ice is almost more sherbet-y. We do. I, I'm yeah. going to be very honest with you. We have a Italian ice expert on the panel. Thank you, Thank yeah. you for acknowledging. Yeah. Did you want to lead us through your favorite flavor, the vanilla chip? Yeah. Well, I just want to say, first of all, I got very upset when the comparison was made. Uh, for Because <laughs> they're literally not even in the same ballpark. Uh-huh. Um, and I also don't yeah. like the sherbet comparison because that is also not correct. But Ooh, yes, no the vanilla, the oh, vanilla oh. chip is my absolute favorite. And the best part about it is it's is the traditional ones are served in a pleated cup. So that as you eat it, you sort of like push it up and then just yeah. it's an experience in eating it. It is so good. Christina, I I'm sorry. Had had a, I've only had an Italian ice then. Yeah. So that's how I know it. Yeah. Christine, I'm sorry to make the Sherbert comparison. I was that's just trying, okay. I I was trying to give a like. I like forgive a, your a, ignorance. Similar to. Yes. But um, also remember last week when I told Christine that I was renaming the show to the Jim and Christine podcast. <laughs> I take it back. She was just horrible to me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, moving it? on. <clears throat> the great state of Tennessee has given us BB Getty. 
BB Getty. Is that like a spaghetti with barbecue attached? Scott Sheldon, you've done it again. Yeah, that's correct. I had a feeling that that's what yeah. that was. By the way, anytime there's meat on top of noodles, it's Scott's wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, it's his favorite thing in the world. You can tell Scott's like an like an Irish boy, German boy. Yeah, like we're yeah. from upstate. That's yeah, I know. Yeah, anything with noodles and meat is. Yep. Uh, All right, uh, here's one that might be an easy give. Originating in Texas, but popular throughout the South, cheese straws. Cheese straws. Aren't those just mozzarella sticks? That is incorrect. Incorrect? Okay, I'll take it. Stephanie Lavin. It's like a cracker, but a twist, and it's very cheese, and you it, it doesn't even look like a straw. It's like a twist, almost, and it's very firm and crispy, and it's usually Parmesan. Do you I drink shot. things out of it like a no. straw? No, no, no. It's, they have those at Disneyland. Are they hollow inside? Airy, but not hollow. They carry yeah. them at the Trader Joe's and also the Christmas tree shop. I'm going to Trader Joe's tomorrow, but go on. <laughs> Who buys food at the Christmas tree shop? <laughs> you, clearly <laughs> you clearly haven't been listening to the podcast. That's where I'm from. <laughs> oh my lord! Yeah, uh, cheese straws are a savory biscuit-like snack made with flour, butter, salt, cheddar cheese, and cayenne pepper. Sometimes the dough is extruded through a cookie press before being baked, giving it a signature twist. Yeah, they have those at Disneyland. That was delicious. Cheese straws. It does, but like, it does, but is it, um, does it have, is it crispy and airy like a cheese puff? Like a cracker? No, more or? like a breadstick mm-hmm. had a baby with a Parmesan crisp. Okay. Okay. So it's soft, but cr- like a churro consistency. A little firmer, a mm-hmm. little flakier. Like, um, yeah, I'll have to, s- I'll send you some. I want a churro. Yeah. I, oh, I learned how to make them. I learned how to make the Disneyland recipe. There's a churro van that just started uh, parking right down the street from my apartment here. Like they're oh. there every night. Tempting. I have my own chef, so I can just ask for churros. Right, Kyle. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. on that bandwagon. Can you make <laughs> Babe, me I some need a cheesecake, churro. please? Let, let me tell you what Kyle did one time, though. He asked Ash to make mini beef Wellingtons, and he did. Wow. No, I'm, I don't really need a churro right now, but but put that on the list. <laughs> <laughs> With the mini put some beef Taylor Wellington. ham in those churros. Get it going. All right, Stephanie, we have three more to go. How about a review of the tally board? Well, Jim, I'm going to say this. As the producer, I gave myself one point for the cheese twists. Uh, Well, it's neck and neck. Scott and Christine are each at five. DJP is at a solid four and a half. And Kyle, you're coming in in the rear with a four. Bump up uh, your game, brother. Ooh, Bump it up. Sorry. Why are you going to say coming the in the rear? rear? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I, I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, three more to go. Coming from South Dakota, Chislick. Chislick. Chislick? No idea. I think South Dakota is a government conspiracy, so I don't. I don't know. Is it cheese? 
Stephanie, I'd like to give Kyle one point for that answer about government <laughs> conspiracy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chislik is small cubes of mutton, but sometimes beef, pork, or venison. Deep fried and served on skewers. Chislik. <clears throat> I'd try it. Where do you even get a mutton? I don't know what mutton is. What is it's, mutton? Mutton is old goat. It's like goat. lamb, right? It's like sheep. It's goat. Oh, is it sheep? It's old goat mutton. They serve it at um, uh, Fogo de Chao, and it's um, I I didn't I didn't like it. Mm. Clarify, mutton is old sheep. Oh yeah, well, I just I saw it, it on the menu, and it, old it, sheep. It's like just before they die, they 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 slaughter them and sell them, and so they, it's oh, called mutton. That's nasty. I do love Fogo de Chao, though. I love anywhere where a hot man serves me meat on a stick. I make that. (laughs) All right, you guys. uh, Next up from Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana, City Chicken. City Chicken. City Chicken. My cousin. (laughs) I dated City Chicken once. Yeah. She's popular. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Is it? Like a pigeon? Because I hear that they eat pigeons in places. So is that what (laughs) that is? Is that a pigeon? (sighs) Is that like a brick uh, seared uh, whole chicken? Are you ready for this? City chicken is John Paul Hagen's cousin from Detroit. (laughs) City chicken. (laughs) (laughs) City chicken is cubes of pork which have been placed on a skewer four to five inches long and then baked city chicken. But kind what? of like chicken riggies from Rochester. <laughs> oh, no chicken. Interesting. All right. I feel like somebody missed a meeting on that one. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Other than I was like, city chicken, is it because pork is a cheap cut of meat maybe? I don't know. All right, the last one from the great state of Nebraska Runza. Runza. I think that's what happens after you eat Scrapple. Or candy candy chicken. Yeah, that's one point for Christine, Stephanie. (laughs) Runza. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it sound like a cheap electric car from Nissan? Oh, I bought the Runza. (laughs) The new (laughs) Nissan Runza. It kind of Runza. All right. Um, I don't know. Runza is a handheld meat pie similar to a beer rock with a yeast dough bread pocket and a filling of ground beef, shredded cabbage, and seasonings. Runza. Oh, man. Can I just say this? There are a lot of people in this country with really <laughs> fucked up stomachs because a lot of the stuff sounds like it will immediately send me to the bathroom. I was going to say yeah. that would runs uh, right through yeah. me. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Nature's broom. <laughs> you want to know uh, what this all taught me today, though, honestly, is that every part of our country has a specific pocket of immigrants 
that came to this country and settled there. So a lot of these foods are foods they brought over from the old land, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these foods are what you could get and make cheaply if you had a big family. Yeah, I was thinking that. And so, uh, and it's so funny how they've really withstood the test of time. Like there's no reason why people should be having city chicken, right? But I bet you if you went to that part of the country, people would be like, I love city chicken. I make it when my kids are home from college because it's just a thing. Food becomes part of your culture in a big way. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. That's how I wrote the story about the potato salad. There is a history lesson in like the second or third paragraph about how um, the poor black individuals, when Germans came here in like the early 1900s, um, they traded recipes. And that was the reason why potato salad became so popular in black culture Mm -hmm. was because it was cheaply, it was able to be cheaply made and it fed a lot of people. So Hmm. it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, you guys. Um, what so doesn't it appears... make sense is that the Germans and the black people actually spoke to each other. We're going to get the fucking circus music again. Scott, you are... I what, Is it like... Is it maybe my mic doesn't work for Scott, right? Like, he just doesn't hear me talking and he just... Or maybe Scott's on, like, Scott in Sherman Oaks, it's a full half-second delay and he doesn't know that we've moved on. I didn't know we moved on. I'm sorry. So let's do a grand tally, Stephanie. Well, Jim, I'm happy to report we've got a tight game here. And with the solid lead and a strong win, Christine Sinsen Sinecor with a six. Mm-hmm. Followed closely. Kyle and Scott both with a five and DJP with a four and a half and me wow. with a one. I got to tell you, the story here is that Kyle with a commanding rush from behind at the end, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was a Go solid ahead, forward motion. That's what well they done, call it. Rush Kyle. from behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got that tailwind going. <sighs> Thanks for being our our regional food guru, Kyle. I want to tell a few people uh <laughs> I want to tell everybody that's listening a few places that they can find you. So, uh, first of all, let's talk about Trader Joe's UWS, which is Trader Joe's Upper West Side. Tell us a little bit about the account and tell us a little bit about Scott and Christine's recent participation. Yeah, it was an account born out of like sheer frustration because the line for the Trader Joe's in our neighborhood, which is literally two blocks away, was going by our window. So we had to hear these people on the phone every morning talking about what they were gonna buy. I still wanna say, if you have someone that will take your call at 8.30 in the morning while you're talking about what you're gonna buy at Trader Joe's, that's a very good friend, hold on to them because I wouldn't take your call. (laughs) And then we we started making these signs, the whole building was a part of it and then uh, we started getting actors and people to help us like bring them to life on our Instagram. And Scott and Christine were both kind enough to bring two of our signs to life and read them for us. And, you know, we just have fun doing it. It's a whole building. And, you know, it's just one of those like New York City things. <laughs> like it's like overheard in New York, but on the Trader Joe's line. OK, and, great. and they've been featured in The New York Times. You're being so modest, Kyle. You've been on ABC 7. You've been yeah, on like New featured in the New York Times. Yep, New York One, yep. and also they have twenty one point four thousand followers on Instagram. That's awesome. Wow. We love all of them. That's awesome, and everybody should go check out Christine and Scott's posts because it's really funny. 
Agreed. Uh, and where else can we find you on the Instagram? Do you want people to go to your personal account? Uh, no, if you want to. I don't know why anyone would care, but you, you want to see what my husband's cooking for dinner, you can go to Princess Kyle NYC on Instagram, and you can see what my husband made for dinner. Tonight we made bucatini. Mm. Yeah. I say Delicious. we. I stood there while he made it. <laughs> yeah, uh, everybody. Kyle's married to Ash Falk, who number one basically is the god of one of my favorite barbecue joints in New York City. It is delicious. Yes, please, please come to Hill Country Barbecue. They've they've done a really good job of staying open during COVID, so they could use your business. And Ash will be on Beat Bobby Flay on March 4th if you want to tune in. I love it. I love it. I love it. And people might know him from Top Chef, right? Yep. Top Chef. He, yeah. It was the Emmy Award winning Vegas season where he was trounced by the Voltaggio brothers. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> yeah. You were both. You heard me. You heard me. <laughs> you were both on my old Instagram show and you're both super fun. And uh, so everybody go check out Kyle and Ash for sure. All right, you guys, we will be right back after this quick commercial. And then Stephanie's going to tell us in detail what a Cleveland steamer is. So there's something <laughs> to look forward to. We'll be right back. Christine, I have some big news about the Jim Lanahan and Friends with Benefits program. What? My insides are quivering with anticipation. Tell me more. Okay. Well, in addition to Cameo.com, there's a new way to become a friend with benefits. It is now possible to make a monthly donation to support this podcast. A subscription, if you will. The amount of the donation is up to you and can be as small as 99 cents per month or as large as $9.99 per month. To start your monthly donation, go to anchor.fm backslash jim-lanahan backslash support. Wow, mommy likey. Can you repeat the address again? (sighs) It is anchor.fm backslash jim-lanahan backslash support. But don't worry if you can't remember the link because you can also find it in the liner notes of this episode. Fabulous. (laughs) 99 cents is a bargain. I mean, Kim Kardashian's divorce costs more than that. Oh, I agree. Also... All monthly subscribers will continue to be granted access to our weekly recording sessions. Here's the address once again, anchor.fm backslash jim-lanahan backslash support. Or simply find the link in the liner notes of this episode. And now I'm craving a a divorce with Kim Kardashian. Me. I 
worship me. Okay. All right, you guys, welcome back. And thanks so much, Lizzo, for the fun intermission music. I love that Lizzo, don't you? Oh, I love her. I love ah, her. Love her. Oh. Uh, you guys, that was the most low energy commercial read we've had. And it was, there were undertones of anger. And I felt like oh, it was, there was jealousy and resentment. There was a lot of underbelly to that commercial Didn't read, Scott. I was trying to just be the narrator. I thought At I one point, Scott exhaled wildly. He goes, oh. <laughs> it's anchor.fm backslash Jim dash land. You were like put out by it. You were no. late as a rob. No. Mm-mm. Okay. I was well, acting. It's oh. <laughs> I missed it. I missed all the acting. Yeah. Uh hey, um before we move on, I wanted to loop back quickly and ask PSL for the definition of a Cleveland steamer. Stephanie? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-mm. Okay, I went to Urban Dictionary. Uh-huh. I'm so uncomfortable. Stephanie? Um, okay. Stephanie? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I mean, I'm not doing it, but I'm going to tell it right now. The Cleveland Steamer is when one person craps on another person's chest and, very important, it says, then sits down and rocks back and forth like a steamroller. Yeah. Christine, you love a steam Cleveland steamer, don't you? It's my favorite. (laughs) And then, then, then it's like it gets more specific. Oh, I think we're all good. I think we got it. Thank you. I have like I have enough problems sleeping. Christine, true or false? You like a Cleveland steamer more than you like Lizzo. False. Oh, okay. I just love Lizzo. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine a Cleveland steamer from Lizzo. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Dare to dream. Um, Hey, I have a very quick topic that also was big this week. There was a lot in pop culture that I couldn't get enough of, like the Taylor Ham I couldn't get enough of. People were on fire about the high C orange. And here's another thing. Um, This was really big over the last 24 hours. Gen Z and millennials are at it again, you guys. They are bickering, those wacky kids. Uh, Just as the millennials find immense joy in roasting the boomers, Gen Z is now starting to roast the millennials for being old and out of touch. So just just to review all of this, boomers, also known as baby boomers, they were born... 1964 or before. So that's generally like our parents, right? Gen X, born 65 to 80. So that's everyone on this podcast, except probably DJP. I was born 85. Okay, great. So oh my God. DJP is a millennial, born 1981 through 96, also known as Gen Y. And then Gen Z, born 1997 till 2015. So Gen Z are the babies, babies, babies. Okay, so now that we know who all of them are, 
the Gen Zs are calling the millennials old, which is so ironic because the millennials used to drag the Gen Xers and the boomers, right? So for example, this week, Gen Zers said, you guys, parting your hair in the middle is what cool kids do. If you have anything other than a middle part, you're old. So side parts, you're old. And I don't even know what I, I must just be ancient because I have no hair at all, right? So I have no part. So Christine, you're very, very Gen Z. Oh, wait, is it side part? I can't tell. It looked like you had no part for a minute. Well, there's really no part now, but Mm -hmm. it depends. Mm -hmm. If I wear my hair in ponytails, it's down the center, but normally I do it slightly to the. Scott, how about you? I just comb it straight back. Okay. And it just kind of sits up there. Okay. So you don't, you don't have a part at all. And John doesn't have a part. I was thinking about this conversation earlier too, Dr. John, at how um, there was actually no space for people with various hair textures in this conversation, because a lot of my friends who have curly hair don't have parts at all regardless of the color of their skin, i.e. Christine. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. But black folks are definitely not cool, apparently, according to Gen Zers. Um, While you're parting your hair in the middle, you guys, you should also know that tight jeans, skinny jeans, they're out now. Okay, Gen Zers like loose jeans. They like yoga pants. So if you're still toting around your like form-fitting jeans you know, you're absolutely out of touch. So how do they feel about like a stirrup pant? Oh my God. <laughs> See, Excuse yeah. My, my kids dress like, uh, they all dress like, uh, they've got their grandparents clothes on. Everything's three sizes too big. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The Gen Zers love a baggy look. Yeah. Excuse me. I got, told that I should be continuing to wear the tighter clothing because I have a nice bottom and that the baggier stuff did not look good on me. You were probably told that by old people, Stephanie. Young people don't want to see your tight clothes banging booty. I do have a banging booty. I'll give it to myself. I'll tell you this. um, I still love a skinny jean. I'm not afraid of a skinny jean. I like a form-fitting outfit because I think, remember like when we were in college, Christine, people were doing a lot of the old Navy, the surplus pants and like the, Mm -hmm. the, the, um, cargoes and the carpenters and like, ugh. the only carpenter I want is a Karen carpenter. She's the only acceptable carpenter. You know what I'm saying? Um, John, are the kids still loving Karen carpenter? Actually, I feel like she was mentioned this week for something, and I forget what it was, but yes. <laughs> back, back in the 80s, though, Jimmy, we used to part our hair down the middle mm-hmm. and then blow it dry. Feather remember? it. Uh-huh. So feather, it feather, feathered. feather. Yeah. Yeah. Sexy. yeah. I so, had that in third grade. I spent yeah. so much time feathering my hair. Yeah. Uh, another thing that the Gen Zers want us to know is that emojis are forbidden. Okay. Emojis were introduced by millennials and Gen Z no longer uses emojis. Really? They only use them to be ironic. And what I learned this week on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City <laughs> is that if you send somebody a thumbs up emoji, it's actually code for fuck you it's kind of like 
uh, it's kind of like saying, well done, Karen, or like, you know, get over yourself, Karen. It's a fuck wow. you if you send a thumbs up. I didn't know that. So, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the final thing I learned about the Gen Z's and the millennials arguing this week is everybody pause and think of your favorite song right now. Think of your favorite song. Christine, what's your favorite song? Uh, I'd have to say it's probably uh, um, Break Your Heart by Bare Naked Ladies. Okay, Dr. John Paul. Dua Lipa's Levitating. Great, Scott Sheldon. No Hard Feelings by the Abbott Brothers. All right, according to Gen Zers, if your favorite song is not by One Direction, <laughs> then you are old. <laughs> So, Gen Zers love 1D. Now, I thought 1D was, like, over four years ago. They all have solo careers now. But apparently, it still means something to them. Much like when we all hear the Friends song, we all do the... Right? So, apparently, it's, like, stuck in their head forever. Um, I I think that's crazy. But I, I will say this. The one thing I do have in common with Gen Zers is they love 1D. I've loved many Ds over the year. Thank you. We've only just begun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I loved Karen Carpenter. I loved her. The Karen Carpenter Christmas album is the greatest album ever made for holidays. Is she still with us? Oh, she died of anorexia nervosa a thousand years ago. Oh, damn, I didn't know that. Okay, well, rest in peace, Karen. And and you can see the Karen Carpenter story starring Cynthia Gibb. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's so good. Well, I no, love that I song. was in the car the other day with the girls and the they were they had their music playing in the car and every other word out of out of every song is like some horrific curse word or the n word or something and I and I said to them, you know, isn't there any music that doesn't use these words anymore? And they're like, "Oh, Scott, you're so old." Yep. Nope. That's the way how music is made. But I was going to say, I love that Karen Carpenter song because they use it in, um, not The Purge, but what's that scary movie? Um, Because You Were Home, uh, where they knock at the door and they chase around the two people. What was it called? The Strangers. The Strangers. It's used for The Strangers. So, You know, Scott, getting back to what you said, what I don't understand is, and this might make me old, but... If you're an artist and you have to resort to every other word being like yeah. the one that rhymes with wussy or you have to use the N word or you have to say whatever yeah. you're saying and also the subject matter. It's like, are, where where is the creativity, right? Like mm-hmm. I actually don't find it inspiring at all. And the other thing I want to say is I absolutely refuse to normalize the N word. Mm-hmm. I absolutely refuse to normalize you know, the, I'll say it cause it's my word, the word fag. Like I'm not going to allow anybody to say the, I, I just really have a problem with it. And yeah. I, that might make me old, but so be it, you know? 
Yeah, I think in terms of music, especially like new music, a lot of it is lazy. Um, I used to understand why like Ice Cube or Ice T or like NWA, where they would use the N word. It was more because they were making a statement. Um, And I I, I respect that too. Like there are songs where I hear the N word, like even Missy Elliott, like I listen to some of her old songs and she has the N word and it's just... It's it's just about the vibe of the song, and I'm like, I get it, but I just feel like anything. That, I feel like music died when Prince died. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I've been saying that, that's a good but point. as soon as he died, I felt like it. Literally, all the music just went with him. Um, but I'll say this to say that I just think that a lot of artists are lazy, and I feel like that's the reason why you probably feel the way that you feel about music now is just everyone's resting on nothing like there's there's no sustenance to music now and it's hard to find good music yeah and the writers have stopped writing so like diane warren isn't being produced anymore right but you know you have like whomever um some disney star like i wrote this song well no darling you wrote a rhyme right and three four pentameter and you think you wrote a song it's correct Mm -hmm. yeah um but I agree with you, Dr. John. I remember when Cop Killer came out and I believed wholeheartedly that Tipper Gore was wrong when she was like, this song is, you know, immoral and family values and blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, that's freedom of speech. That's yeah. an expression and it's with intention and purpose. But they're not really writing Cop Killers anymore. Yeah, Straight Out of Compton is a revolutionary album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it definitely. Is, it yeah. is revolutionary. And I remember mm-hmm. listening to it as a child in suburban Saratoga Springs and just thinking, wow, there's a really big world out there I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know. But like I said, the industry is one in and one out now. So, yep. mm-hmm. well, that's depressing. But I did I did learn today what Scrapple was. So that's exciting. And <laughs> I also learned that. You can put any meat on a skewer and deep fry it. So that's pretty good. But I'm going to call it chicken. The last thing I'll tell you before we (laughs) tell people where to find us is every time I said one of those things, meat on a skewer deep fried, that's basically that melting pot situation that gives me immediate diarrhea. I have never been sicker than at a melting pot. I didn't, it was the melting pot at the Crossgates Mall in Gilderland, New York. I had not even gotten out of the restaurant before I was having explosive, chunky water squirts. I had achieved liftoff. (laughs) Baby! Yeah, and you know in those restaurants, it is the Scott tissue on the giant roll. It's it's not even two ply. Yeah. And you when have I to went to so many doors to get to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh my god! And when I I barely made it, Doctor John, and then it flew out of me like pellets. And then I grabbed that that Scott tissue and I wrapped and it around my nothing. hand. Nothing. It was nothing. like I had eighty four rolls around my palm, and I, I shoved so it seen. in there, and the water went right through it. And then I was oh just god. finger on Rhea. God, I feel so seen in this moment. I know that's terrible, but I have had moments. I tell people all the time that bridesmaid scene when she was oh like, God. I need to get off of this white carpet. I have been there. So when you mm-hmm. tell me about the melting pot situation, mm-hmm. baby, trust me. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I know. And the other thing is unrelated to my diarrhea. 
that boiling oil gets so dirty and murky. I'm like, just what's happening in that pot? You know? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, anyway. Oh, but they're all closed now, right? Aren't they all closed? Oh, are they? I don't yeah, know. I think they all went out of business. Good. They were, they were open as of a year ago, but I don't know. I think they're still around because I think I actually just got an email from them. Christine, why are you on the mailing list? (laughs) I like some fondue. What am I going to do? Fond poop. Oh. It it says they're still open. The one in Thousand Oaks is open. Uh uh. Mm mm. No, Christine, no, can't do it. I love dipping some meat and, and cheese and bread and cheese. Ooh, oh, my God. Would you really want to do that in a pandemic? No, no, know. no, not in a pandemic. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm like, it just sounds awful. Uh, Christine, when you're not at the melting pot getting E. coli diarrhea, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at C. Cinecore on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Instagram is at Christine Sinecor and website is ChristineSinecor.com. Dr. John Paul, where can we find you? <laughs> when I'm not in the restroom, you can find me on all social media using the handle at Dr. John Paul. You can also visit my new and improved site hosted by Squarespace. Yes, please, please, please. Sponsor us um, at www.drjohnpaul.com. The site is gorgeous and the new art is beautiful. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Scott Sheldon, where can we find you? On Twitter and Facebook, I'm uh, at Scotty Sheldon. On Instagram, I, I'm all over the place. Uh, Scott A. Sheldon is my main page. You want to see what I'm doing actor-wise, which is uh, some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, at Scotty Sheldon, the actor. And if you have uh, any need real estate wise, shoot out for uh, Scotty Sheldon, the realtor. Stephanie. Hi, on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Cheeky Laugh, C-H-I-C-K-Y-L-A-F-F. And if you have a suggestion for the yummy, yummy, DM me on Instagram and for all the pictures of my delicious dog, Billy, he's at Billy the Rescue Pup on Instagram. I'm, of course, on Instagram at Jim Lanahan. You can also find out a lot more about me on my website, jimlanahan.com. You can see me on the news this week in Palm Desert and Palm Springs talking about health care during COVID. True story. I'll tell you more about that on Thursday's show. And, of course, you can also find me every Tuesday night with Heather Carlucci Medium live on Instagram at 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. The podcast group is Jim Lanahan and Friends Podcast Group. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, Jim Lanahan and Friends Podcast Group. All right, y'all, we'll be back in your feed on Thursday when you wake up. Until then, as always, please remember, take good care of yourself because you have to take care of other people. That's our first and most important job. And you can't do it if you're not in tip-top shape.
worship me. <laughs> Does anyone need a bathroom break or anything?